Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Vikings have a general manager and it's not the guy that we thought was going to be the general manager podcast. Matthew Collar, Sam Ekstrom here, Ryan Poles, the director of player personnel from the Kansas city chiefs has chosen Chicago, went for his second interview with the Chicago bears and he elects to become their general manager, which means that Kwesi Adafo Mensa, the uh, football ops vice president from the Cleveland Browns will be the next Minnesota Vikings general manager. Um, Sam Ekstrom, of course here. And uh, Uh Sam, before we break down why Ryan Poles would have picked Chicago, which job is better, what this says for the future and all those things. Let me just tell you what I know from talking with people over the last few days about this, which was on Saturday, I reported that Ryan Poles was the number one for the Vikings. Jason Lockonfora also reported that, but he was still going to take the interview in Chicago yesterday after we had talked for the podcast all about what Ryan Poles would do at quarterback Uh, I was told that Chicago is so high on polls. They don't want to let him leave the building. And from there, that was all that I heard. And then today around noon, we get the report that they indeed did not let Ryan polls leave the building. So that's that. Uh, But I would also say, I mean, that's how it went down is the Vikings liked him. The bears liked him and the bears apparently gave him the better offer or made the better pitch. And so he is now going to become the GM of the Chicago bears. And so I would say that as we have talked about all along, both of these candidates are very well qualified. Um, They're both highly thought of around the league. It is though interesting that Ryan Poles didn't come back for the Vikings second interview. He went to Chicago and he chose them over the Vikings. And by the way, I'm already seeing some reports that, um, Adafo Menso was their guy the whole time. Then why did they have polls coming back for a second interview? I'm just saying like, this this is what Spielman would (laughs) do in the draft. He would say, Derisaw was our guy the whole time. Right. We know you you wanted Rashawn Slater. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, um, I've seen that too. And I've thought the exact same thing. There will be a little bit of a spin on this and it doesn't mean that, you know, Kwesi Adafo Mensa is still a good hire. Um, but it's okay for us to talk about Ryan Poles maybe being the preferred option. I think I had talked myself into Poles being the preferred option of the two for reasons we laid out on yesterday's podcast, the excellence he's been around in Kansas City, the work he's done on the offensive line. It's harder to evaluate Quesi Adolfo Mensa because he has an untraditional resume. He's not really a personnel guy, um, but the kind of buzzword on him is, analytics, analytics, qualitative metrics, um, you know, models that he's building, that kind of thing. And he, he, you know, got snatched up by Cleveland for one year, highly sought after, after a long stint with, uh, with San Francisco. And he's really had a, a meteoric rise less than a decade in the NFL, former day trader, former, uh, Wolf of wall street, if you will. And, uh, and here he is now. So this is the, this is the different higher like this is kind of the the you know the odd one out of the group and you know maybe he's got connections with D'Amico Ryans who is also kind of the odd coach out of the group who was a former player not too long ago and it's very realistic that that they could be the partnership here I think there's a lot of tentacles that will be very intriguing Um, I think this will be someone fun to cover because he's not a traditional football guy and I I can appreciate that too so pivoting from polls now to Adolfo Mensa. Um, you, some fans might be disappointed. Some might be pumped. I've seen mixed reaction. Um, but here we are. It, it's not official yet as we record, but it seems like it's it's almost definitely going to be, uh, um, can we call him Cam yet? Is that allowed? 
Cam. What do you mean? Cam? K A M. Cam. That's oh, that's the okay. Shorthand. I was like, huh? Uh, you know, okay. Cat, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns is cat. We've got gotcha. a cat and a Cam. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, G M Cam. Okay. We'll we'll have to work on that. And always, people tweeting me potential puns about candidates is welcome. But you know, when it comes to this, is the thing that I have said uh, repeatedly on the show is that having a hot take is impossible about the general manager candidates, because even though they had a little different backgrounds, Poles is a former player and somebody who's worked his way up on the scouting side and Adafo Mensa is more toward the analytics and, and that kind of thing. That doesn't mean that Ryan Poles would not have used analytics. In fact, I know that uh, he was interested in, in using analytics in his approach, which anyone who gets hired was going to be like, no one was going to come in and say those numbers, no way for me. Like, no, you already had that. And um, that, well, not with Spielman so much, but with the head coach. So they weren't going to hire anybody who was anti-analytics or, or anything like that. And picking player value and how you build your roster is a little bit of a different story. But we also, when you talk about Adafo Mensa, you mentioned that he comes from most of his background is in San Francisco, where they have built their team around a, a beastly defensive line has been most of their strategy. And then a quarterback who's good playmakers and a brilliant offensive strategy. I would also say that the um, Raheem Morris connection there to Kyle Shanahan would also be worth thinking about as well, that, uh, Raheem Morris was the passing game coordinator for Kyle Shanahan when they were in Atlanta. So if Adafo Mensa wants to go with a similar type of offense, that's really working in the NFL, which of course I just got done recording a podcast about the San Francisco and Los Angeles offense as Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport are breaking this news. Cause every time so that'll come out a little later this week. Um, also a conversation about, you know, Todd Bowles and his candidacy, but this could move fast and we could find out who their next coach is going to be pretty quickly, but there's no real take here of, Oh, well, this guy was going to be better than that guy. I think there is two things to take away. Oh, one, Polls decided that he didn't want to come back for the second interview in Minnesota. So we have to compare those jobs because it appears that Ryan Polls straight up picked another team. And it's not only another team, it's another team in, in your division. That's part of it. Also, this becomes a thing to watch for a really long time. I mean, this is a battle of the rebuilds between the Vikings, two final candidates and how these two rebuild these teams will be worth watching and studying for a really long time. So from that perspective, I'm kind of interested in how Ryan Poles and Kwefi Adafo Mensa decide that they're going to approach rebuilding their teams. But what do you think that it means um, that he decided Chicago was the better job? I think that Ryan Poles likes money. Like I think they all, and that's not unique to him. I think that the bears probably gave him more money. I think that's safe to assume. And I think if you mentioned the, the rebuilds, you know, they, like the, the comparison on those, what was the other problem too, with the uh, trading up for Justin Fields is that they, they lowballed the Panthers and they uh, didn't make that deal. And it sounds like they didn't give enough here to, to secure Ryan Poles. So um, does it mean Chicago is more appealing? Um, maybe because they have the young quarterback in place. I, I think, though, that there is a business element to this and that maybe you don't need to read as far into sort of the organizational structure as much as you do what the offer was. And I, I'm speculating. I don't know for sure on that. But my guess is that, you know, when when you get the first interview, you get the guy in the building and you say, these are the terms. This is better than what you were getting with Minnesota. That's pretty easy to say yes. Um, and you've got, you know, the young quarterback, which gives you the cap flexibility to make a lot of moves. And I think that's an appealing prospect for a GM. Um, I, I think that Minnesota has a lot of good pieces still. So I, I, I can't really speculate on what might have been a deterrent here in Minnesota other than, quarterback's kind of a problem i guess um and who knows maybe the interview didn't go well a lot of it and right we're kind of spitballing here caller right we're not behind those doors we don't know as much about what's being discussed but i just come back to there's no over the cap for gms we don't know what these guys necessarily want to make expect to make um but the bears might have ponied up a little bit more right and that from what it 
I'm hearing that's what happened uh, is that the offer was there for Minnesota and Chicago said like, write your own check for Ryan Poles. But let's put that, let's put that aside though and compare the two jobs anyway. I mean, when it comes to, because look, if you, if you gave Ryan Poles the option to be the GM of Chicago, or of uh, Kansas City or Chicago, he's picking Kansas City, right? Um, because their roster is way better and you can win a Super Bowl and your quarterback is amazing. I think these two teams, and if you look at their records the last two years, I think they're dead even, right? Their records the last two seasons. Um, so they're starting in a similar spot. The quarterback position is different, but they're both behind the ball. They both need to rebuild big parts of their their teams. Uh, they both have a lot of holes and there's a lot of difficult decisions to be made between these two jobs. One of the things that you see immediately when you look at the Chicago job is that they have $30 million in cap space and the Vikings start out with minus $13 million in cap space. That's a pretty big difference. And if you trade cousins, you still have to take on a $10 million hit. So you would earn 35 million that gets you back in the game and you can rework deals and things like that. So it's not like the Vikings have none, but they don't have as much to work with as Chicago. And you mentioned it. The Justin Fields part of this is really interesting because some people could look at that job and say, well, Justin Fields, you know, his first year was just okay. Had some moments, had some bad moments, had some good games, had more bad games than good, but that's sort of common for a rookie. Uh, or you could look at it and say, I evaluated Justin Fields and I think he's a great quarterback and he's going to be the next Joe Burrow, the next young star that emerges quickly. And that's the guy that I want to build my entire roster around. Whereas you look at the Vikings and this is where they're a step behind Chicago, where if we're talking about which team could be a legitimate contender faster, the team with the rookie quarterback contract with a lot of talent and physical skill I'm not saying Fields is going to be the superstar because we don't know yet, but that's the one that's a step ahead in the game from where the Vikings are, where if they're going to, to take that route with the quarterback, they have to now trade theirs, draft another one, develop him for a year, and then get to that year two spot where you can be like Cincinnati or be like Kansas City, these teams that took the huge step in year two. And I'm not saying that that was a huge part of Ryan Pohl's decision. So like, don't, don't take that. But when we uh, analyze these two teams versus each other in the Adafo Mensa V polls rebuild bowl, <laughs> Chicago just has a step ahead. I would argue too, though, that the rookie year of fields was so concerning that it almost creates another puzzle for, for polls to figure out there. Because now if you have another year like that, well, now you're a year behind because now you probably need to start over. You need to go find someone else because if Fields does that again and he does not have anywhere close to the pieces on that offense, want to play a little family feud game, Caller? <laughs> sure. Top, top three answers on the board. Who are the three highest paid offensive members of the Bears? Mm, oh, that's uh, uh, for next year. This is for next for, year. Yeah, for next, for next year. year. Yeah. That's a good question. Um See, Allen Robinson's a free agent, right? Right, right. So, gosh, I, I don't even know. Is is it a lineman? I, I honestly don't even know who their top three players are. N number one is a lineman. Cody Whitehair is their oh. highest paid offensive player. Nick Foles is number two. And Tariq Cohen is number three. Wow, that Nick Foles. What? Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't see that coming. Yep. Yep. Uh, Justin Fields is number four. And basically the only like kind of centerpiece that you might consider on that offense is Darnell Mooney from a skill standpoint, who's pretty good. Other than that, there's not a lot to build around fields. Now you use the cap space. You hopefully do some of that building this off season, but I still think the bears have a lot of work to do. Um, so it kind of comes down to as well. What is Kwesi Adafo Mensa? want to do with cousins now because i think we we had convinced ourselves that well ryan poles has seen the transition from smith to mahomes and he knows the need to to make that adjustment um i don't know adafo mensa has also been around some successful teams like in cleveland and san francisco that had middling quarterback play and you know based around the run game he's never been around more of a kind of a modern spread um you know, throw it downfield offense. 
So I'm not saying he doesn't appreciate that, but I'm saying he hasn't been exposed to it as much as Ryan Poles, and he doesn't have quite as much experience at all. So he's going to lean on, I think, other people. And this is, he really is the collaborative candidate, right, to, to use that buzzword, because everything I've read about, about Adolfo Mensa is he understands what he doesn't know. Um, he's not going to interject with the scouting process too much. And he's going to let other people influence him. Well, if the people in the building want to stick with the same system, um, what does that mean for the future of this Vikings team? And then does Cousins suddenly fit what he wants to do? I guess that would be my only red flag. Um, And we'll find out where he stands on that pretty soon here because he'll have to make a move on it. Right. And that's the going to be the very interesting thing to track as we go forward is that it won't be long. Kwesi uh, uh, Adafo Mensa will be named the GM here shortly. We'll have another podcast breaking down his first comments and all those sorts of things. But question number one at the press conference, and I'm sure in his interviews with the Vikings, is the quarterback. And what are you going to do? And, and I agree that there's more of an, a chance that Ryan Poles coming from Kansas city, and this might be a stretch. I understand that, but just like based on their pasts that there would be more of a chance that he would look at them and say, look, I mean, we had this where I was and we had to change that. Whereas coming from San Francisco and going to the super bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, like, do you tie those two things together or does he say, well, look, you know, Kirk cousins numbers are very good. Uh, so we should build around that. And there's no debate that his numbers are very good. But the thing that always I would come back to is the dollar figure with cousins. It's just going to be high. No matter what people have asked me, Hey, uh, do you think cousins would take a, you know, a, a, a discount to stay and build a good roster. And the answer is no. And the answer no. is absolutely not. He did not do it in Washington. He made them franchise tag him twice rather than working out a deal to lower his cap hit. Their roster fell apart in 2017. And then he came here highest paid quarterback in terms of guaranteed money and worked out a contract where in his second year of the extension, he was the second highest paid in terms of salary cap hit. So no, I do not expect by any means that cousins would suddenly have this change of heart. Plus it's not exactly as if he's um, shown so much love for the Vikings and, and so much care for the organization. We are on day 15 now of not talking after your coach and GM were fired. And so it's not like there's any connection here. It seems for him, it's not like they've won. It's not like Brady who wants to fire it back for another Super Bowl. So he takes a finger quote discount, even though, you know, they funneled him some money through his trainer, but that's a whole different story. You can Google that one. If you want the point, just being that I don't think either one of these guys based on their backgrounds would look at the quarterback situation and say, well, look, this is a great idea to keep going with it because the the thing that's really attractive about Adafo Mensa is the number one thing on my list, which was knows the value of a football dollar. And think about this. I was doing, I was fiddling around and looking at the ways that teams spent their money. And it's always tricky with rookie contracts because, you know, if you draft a bunch of linemen, you're not going to spend as much money on your line and that kind of thing because there's guys on rookie contracts. That's kind of how it works, right? But like... The Vikings were number one in linebacker spending. And you just go, it was that good. Like, was that a good idea to be number one? Let me tell you the other teams that are in the final four here in linebacker spending. The Rams are 32nd. The 49ers are 27th. I know they did pay Fred Warner. Uh, the Chiefs are ninth and the Bengals are 28th. And here's the Vikings spending all of their money on Anthony Barr. It's just like, that's not really um, a prudent thing to do. And it feels like that is the biggest advantage. But uh, to circle back, though, to, to what you said about the Bears, having that blank slate a little bit, I think, is probably attractive. And I pulled up the free agent wide receivers here, and this is a little far down the road. But Allen Robinson probably doesn't come back to Chicago. But the other free agent receivers, the list is hot. I mean, it's Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, um, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams, Cordero Patterson. I mean, there is some really great players on this list for free agent wide receivers. Uh, Odell Beckham also included here that they could build pretty quickly around their rookie quarterback with the amount of money they have. And that's what you wonder is, 
you know, Kansas city has done that with their first year with Mahomes. They picked up Sammy Watkins and then he played a huge role in them winning the super bowl. That is an option that kind of doesn't exist for the Vikings in your rebuild, at least at this moment, because of their cap situation. It's not just Kirk. A lot of other things have to happen and pieces would have to be subtracted. It isn't so much. You could just, Hey, we've got this cash. Let's go spend it. Yeah, you're you are probably getting worse for sure if you keep Kirk Cousins because that means you're cutting several starters, probably pretty good ones, to become cap compliant. And any replacement that you bring in for them is probably going to be worse. They'll be cheaper, but they'll be worse. And that doesn't include all of the openings that you have at this moment, which is a safety, several corners a linebacker or two, an edge rusher, a right guard. Like you've got so many holes to fill already. And that's, you know, with your negative on the cap. I look back at some of the positional spending too. And I'm glad you brought that up, Caller. You know, you look at how the, the 49ers Super Bowl team was built, where they invest, the trenches, sixth in offensive line spending, first in edge rushing spending. Um, I also scratch my head. They were number one in running back spending. Not a huge fan of that. But otherwise, I like the approach. Build the trenches out. I think that was 2019, you mean? 2019. Yeah, okay. Yep, 2019. And that's presumably where Adolfo Mensa had the most influence after his seven years there. He had helped sort of shape the way they approach things analytically. Um, And I'm guessing that played into sort of the efficiency of putting together a roster. I'm not going to judge what the Browns had last year because – he only had one year in the organization or was it two it was one or two years in the organization. Not really a lot of time to sort of, sort of change the way that roster was built. Um, also, do you want to comment on Sean Payton retiring? Oh, did that just happen? Yes. Oh my gosh. What yes. is today? What? Um, Hey, here's why Sean Payton retired. Let me, I'm going to count the reasons. There's one, you know why Drew Brees doesn't have Drew Brees anymore. And that is the whole key to this whole thing. It's like if Ryan Poles picked the right team with the right quarterback, he's going to be smarter. And if Kwesia Adafo Mensa ends up with the right quarterback, he's going to be smarter. Because I guarantee you that Sean Payton looked what life is like without Drew Brees and was like, nope, I'm going to I'm going to go watch my Kevin James movie on Netflix. And I am not going to worry at all about coaching Taysom Hill for the rest of my life or or, uh, you know, Trevor Simeon. I mean, even with Bill Belichick. We like the Mac Jones move. I thought it was a good one for the Patriots, and that might turn out to be great. He might be just like Burrow next year, and they might build this great team around him. But, man, Belichick loses Brady. The next year, they're 7-9 and nine with Cam Newton throwing passes right in the ground. It's just like, like that is <laughs> that is the NFL. That is the NFL. And what will ultimately determine whether Kwesi Adafo Mensa is the smartest GM you've ever met or whether Ryan Poles made the right move in picking Chicago over the Vikings is entirely based on this quarterback decision and whether you get it right. That's it. I mean, we can look at all the spending and I like doing that and that's fun. But man, I mean, if you're talking about the difference between NFC championship and Super Bowl, maybe it's how you built the defensive line for sure. But if you want to be the, there are seven teams that have great quarterbacks who every year can win the Super Bowl. And it's just incredible for their fans. They go into every season thinking this could be us and everybody else goes, but what if we got another guard? Maybe then our quarterback would go to the next level. This is new Orleans. Well, you know, we really like Taysom Hill. Boy, he can really run around or something. Oh, I don't have Drew Brees anymore. See ya. I mean, it is really, it is really incredible how this league works. And, um, you know, that's, that is amazing that pretty much the minute he doesn't have Drew Brees anymore, that man is out. <laughs> yeah. I think it's clear that the, the pie chart, you know, people wanted to debate, was it Belichick or was it Brady? Who was more valuable to the Patriots? I think it's pretty clear that. The pie chart, it's it's 80-85% quarterback, and then the head coach can give you the extra 15-20 to get you over the top. But it is overwhelmingly quarterback at this stage. Um, so I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. And 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 is Sean Payton, is this one of those like sabbaticals where he takes a year, mulls it over, kind of picks his spot, and then he resurfaces in a couple of years? I feel like it is. He may have a target. Like maybe there's a team, maybe it's Dallas. Maybe yeah. there's a team that he looks at and says, 
They're going to fire that coach next year. And I'll just be right around the corner and sneak on in and say, whoop, I got Dak Prescott now. Hate to see it. Oh, we're in the NFC championship. Peyton, again. Peyton Zimmer, 2024 <laughs> in Dallas. Yeah, that would really be something. Yeah. But, you know, your point, your point is exactly correct. It's like I saw people talking about, well, Aaron Rodgers only won the one Super Bowl and they were in the NFC championship the last three years. Uh, or in the, uh, two of the last three years, and then in the lead late in the divisional game to go on, um, you know, if not for a blocked punt. They've been there so many times. That's what having that quarterback does for you is it gives you an opportunity to get in a position. You're 80% of the way there to get the extra 10%, the extra 15% from roster building, coaching, all those things. But as we've seen, I mean, there are very few. You have to be lions y bad and i wouldn't put stafford on the level of these quarterbacks who are like taking their teams in you know rogers or something mahomes deep into the super bowl and things like that but stafford's a good example you have to be that bad to not be consistently there you have to be lions bad and even then there are years where the lions are right there there's an 11 and 5 year there's a few above 500 years but that's how bad of an organization you have to be if you pick the right quarterback to not get there. And that's why this decision is so much everything. Now, let's analyze this, though, from an organizational standpoint, Sam, because I think that the Vikings, in terms of an organization, are a little more stable and their owners a little less crazy than it seems that Chicago is. But with either one of these franchises you get owners who are fans more than they are going to come down and make the draft pick for you. Right. So you get that freedom to do something like that. It seems uh, there was a report that the owners wanted Justin Fields to play. I guess that does happen, but Wade Phillips told the story the other day. He was on Morton Anderson's podcast, told the story, which is true about Ralph Wilson, the owner of the bills forcing Wade to play a different quarterback than he wanted to play in a playoff game. That that happened. Like that's how crazy owners can be. So the ownership situation is probably advantageous for the Vikings over Chicago. The rest of it, though, I mean, they might build a new stadium. The facilities are good. Your history is great. I mean, I think the rest of it is is kind of fifty cents or a half dollar. Um, this isn't like Jacksonville or Detroit where you're taking over something where you go, man, I don't even know what I'm getting into. Yeah, and we've talked about yesterday how the division is appealing because of the, the the nature of the arcs. The the Detroit arc is still very, you know, low on its trajectory. The Packers are about about to hit perhaps a precipitous drop, and the Vikings are entering rebuild mode. It's or at least retooling mode. It seems so. It's a good time to be in the NFC North, um, which is probably why you know he was, you know, he, he was out. He was going to be in there either way. It was Vikings or Bears. Um, I, I look, I don't know as much about the bears front office. I look at the Vikings front office and I do see stability there too, with, um, Jamal Stevenson, uh, been around for a long time. Ryan Munnins been around for a long time. Rob Brzezinski is going to be, you know, your cap guy. So you do have some foundational pieces that remain. And I guess, I guess I don't know if that's necessarily a perk or not, because sometimes these guys want their own people. Um, they would prefer to bring in folks that maybe think a little more like them or have the same sort of ideals. Um, but then again, as someone who's analyzing it, I think it's probably a good thing to have a little bit of healthy tension. Like if you have different views from your previous ex experience versus, you know, whatever Quesi Adafalmensa comes in with, that can be a good thing. Um, so I don't want to say it's all bad, but I don't know a whole lot about the Bears front office otherwise, other than it's kind of been, the you know, a little bit of shambles here. And their ownership seems to say things they shouldn't, which is not not the Wilfs. So that's that's a, a pro for the Vikings, I guess. Folks want to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or just prioritizing 
maximizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh offers the flexibility that you need to easily customize your order. You can do that online or with their app. You can easily change your delivery day, your food preferences, your plan size, or you can skip a week whenever you need to. I've had a chance to try HelloFresh and trust me, it is as easy as it sounds. And they sent me their Cheddar Wonder Burgers, which look, if you're a football guy, the thing you're ordering is burgers, right? And uh, it was delicious and great. And I didn't have to drive to a fast food restaurant. So HelloFresh has been great for me and you should check it out. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Insider16 and use the code Insider16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Insider16 for up to 16 meals free and three free gifts. Again, HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I I agree that uh, the Wilfs being less involved is really good when things are going good. I mean, because then everybody has the freedom to make their own decisions. And when you listen to, um, what is it, George McCaskey, when you listen to him talk, you're like, uh, this is a little, this is a little off like this. But you know, when I was in Buffalo, the owner of the Bills would talk sometimes and we would be like, Huh? Like what? Like what is what is this guy talking about? Like we don't really don't really understand. Like does he know anything that's really going on? I think he was more of a hockey fan than a football fan, and it seemed that he really didn't know what was happening. And so that was a major criticism until they hired the right coach, drafted the right quarterback, developed him, had him win all the time, and then now their owner's a genius. His hockey team hasn't been in the playoffs for literally ten plus years. And yet the football team drafted the right guy. And so they're fine and everything. But the owner also was hands off. They let their GM, you know, do what he needed to do. And that I think is more of probably more of the case in Minnesota. But I think either one of those jobs end up getting it. And I think from from the perspective of a lot of other things of, I mean, the stadium soldier field is kind of a mess. Still upset about us not getting a pregame meal there. I'll never let it go. Um that that was just uh, inexcusable. So U.S. Bank Stadium yeah. has got <laughs> has got it there, <laughs> but they're probably going to build a new stadium at some point. I don't know what their practice facilities are like. Like these things are very ancillary to all of it. Um, but in terms of the franchises, both are kind of looking each other in the mirror. Sam, with have you guys had a long term quarterback that's won you a bunch of games? No. Have you guys had a long term quarterback? That, I mean, if you are the this is one benefit to either job. If you are the guy who finds the guy you will have a statue of you with your little GM hat on outside of the facility. I mean, that like that's going to happen if you are the person that picks the next Vikings quarterback or that takes Justin Fields to the next level. No one will remember that Ryan Pace picked him. It'll be, oh, Ryan Poles was the genius who built around him. Like That's ultimately what's going to determine this and why I always end up coming back to it because there's no way around it. It's what are you going to do with that situation and how it ends up working out? And then, hey, they'll build a new stadium. They'll build a new practice facility or whatever in Chicago. And so that's that's what Ryan Poles has to be thinking about and, and must be at least somewhat convinced on is that he can build around Justin Fields and make that work or evaluate it in the next year and draft his own guy. Um, I would say from the draft capital perspective, the Vikings were left a little bare in the cupboard for that. And so now as we talk about like what's next for both of these teams, I think the path is actually much simpler for Chicago than it is for the Vikings. There are hard decisions to be made in Chicago. Like you said, their top players are hitting free agency. Some of them they're gone, you know, on defense. I think Akeem Hicks probably goes, which will have a parade here in in Minnesota. I'm sure with fans after being tired of watching him eat their souls for Kwesi Adafo Mensah, 
boy, if you're ranking tough decisions, okay, quarterback's number one, but isn't there like five more after that that are actually really tough decisions considering popular players with bad contracts or or that might not carry on into the future with their high levels of play? Like, I think that the job is more complicated in Minnesota, even though there's a little more talent, it's more complicated than it is in Chicago. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think when you go in with a bit of a blank canvas in Chicago, then you can really put your stamp on it right away. Minnesota's got about six puzzlers. Uh, the the contract because the players that are attached to those contracts are pretty productive. Like Kyle Rudolph last year, that's such an easy move to make. Riley Reef was pretty easy move. These are hard moves. Like Adam Thielen is super productive. Harrison Smith is still a really good player. Eric Hendricks is, you know, arguably the soul of that defense. Um, Dalvin Cook, you know, beloved by the fans. He's, you know, meant a lot to the organization, but he's not in a, at an efficient position, right? So there's like six really difficult contracts. I'm forgetting one. Oh, Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce is maybe the easiest of them um, because he's got a pretty easy, like, dead cap number. Dalvin Tomlinson, you can't cut because you backloaded it for some reason. So, the Vikings are in a pickle with like some of these big deals. And I think we've talked about like the, the panacea for all of it is to get rid of the cousins money. And then you don't have to, to think about it as hard. And that's why, like if you're the new GM, why in the world would you try to, to, to make that work? Why would you try to short shrift yourself and the organization have to cut these foundational players have to upset the fans? Many of them who don't want cousins anyway, just for the pursuit of another 500 season, that makes no sense to me. So you either make six complicated moves to tread water or you make one big move to like get some momentum, get the motor running in the right direction and actually create some momentum, I think, toward your plan. That to me is a no-brainer. So if if Kwesi Adafo Mensa goes in the opposite direction, I have to like it already makes me question the judgment, right? I mean, th- it's it's a huge tell right away as to how this is going to be approached. Right. I, I agree because of their timeline as much as anything, that your timeline doesn't so much match up with if you're doing another contract extension, it's probably going to work out similarly where uh, when you're ready to win. Uh, really win, not go nine and eight and win the division, which you're kind of hoping if Roger steps away that that's what happens. But to really win, you're probably talking about very high cap hits again. And, you know, when, when there are teams that work around this, San Francisco is actually one of them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is very high uh, for this year, and they've been able to work around it for right now. But what did they do? They drafted a quarterback. I mean, this was actually the forgotten thing about Alex Smith is that Alex Smith needed a new contract. So it wasn't just entirely about Alex Smith not being as good. It was in part to maximize what Andy Reid could do. But it's the reason, one of the reasons San Francisco drafted Trey Lance. It's one of the reasons that Alex Smith was traded away and that they brought in Patrick Mahomes is that those contracts just end up long-term being restrictive. Uh, But there's these other ones. I mean, the Daniil Hunter one is tough too, because even in Chicago, Khalil Mack is the greatest pass rusher on earth, but his contract is crazy. And the edge rushers are getting so much money. If you have one go sideways, I mean, even think of Khalil Mack gets hurt this year and look at their defense. It just wasn't good because so much money is being poured into one guy. There's the edge rusher thing. The Raiders, it took a couple of years, but they developed Max Crosby and they signed Yannick Ngakwe and their pass rush was really good this year. And and they didn't miss uh, Khalil Mack and they didn't have to spend that much money on edges. I mean, it's a very hard thing because defensive line, when you get to the playoffs, is absolutely necessary. You got to be able to shellac the other team's offensive line to slow down these great quarterbacks. And at the same time with Hunter, you're talking about somebody who was injured, who is actually now finally of like the normal age of an adult football player (laughs) forever. It was like, did you know, Afadi Adenabo is older than Daniil Hunter, which was true uh, and remains true to this day. But you know, it was like all those funny factoids of like they drafted Daniil Hunter four years ago and he still can't rent a car. Uh, That's no longer the case. Like the guy is going to be 28 early in next season and has had these injuries. So that becomes a very difficult decision. Delvin Cook, how much you want to pay a running back is a difficult decision. And 
does if you are looking at this from the most cold-hearted I don't care about anyone on this roster. You're all just names and numbers. You are moving on from some of these guys. You are revamping this thing pretty much top to bottom, head to toe, with as much draft capital and calf space as you can get. I just don't know if that is something that the Wilfs want to see them do. And so that becomes tricky. By the way, more news is coming in. The Bears are looking at Dan Quinn and Jim Caldwell. If you're the Vikings... You are rooting strong against Jim Caldwell, right? Like, screw up your interview, Caldwell. Quinn, you, Quinn, you want, Quinn. Right, you want no part of that. Dan, uh, Jim Caldwell was the guy who actually made the Lions a relevant franchise and many times gave the Vikings a run for their money when he was their head coach. You don't want him paired with a good young quarterback. You want Dan Quinn and bringing back those 27th ranked defenses from Atlanta that, you know, didn't get an interception on every play like um, Dallas got this year. I saw a report, too, that, and I think it was from a Dallas source, that Kellen Moore is not leaving. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to get hired, which would mean in Minnesota, where he interviewed. So there's another interesting tidbit, and that would limit it then, if true, to then O'Connell or Hackett as the offensive candidates they've talked to. Hackett seems to be pretty far down the road with Denver. So O'Connell, maybe? I mean, it seems like they're going defensive, which, which is wild to me. Um, also I wanted to, before that thought, I wanted to, to quiz you on of the, of the onerous contracts right now, I guess, how would you prioritize keeping those players? Like, Mm. let's say, let's say the five are Hunter, Thielen, Kendricks, Smith, and Cook. How would you rank the importance of those? Folks, we've got an even better offer to tell you about from Soda Stick. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, one word, you can get 15% off your purchase. That's right. At SodaStick.com, your place for Minnesota sports-inspired apparel, you can get 15% off just by using the code PURPLEINSIDER. I've told you about all the great football designs, but they've added a few more, including the Axe is Back for Minnesota football fans. You can get that on a shirt, on a hat, and also Randy Moss is the GOAT, the Purple People Eaters, Bud Grant Designs for the old school fan, plus the hockey and basketball teams are both actually exciting this year, and SodaStick has you covered there as well. Go to SodaStick.com, that is S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com, and use the code PURPLEINSIDER for 15% off. Folks, support for Purple Insider is brought to you by Manscaped. They are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools, and they recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle Performance Package. Four million men have trusted Manscaped, and you can check out their exclusive offer for 20% off and free shipping with the code 20 insider at manscaped.com manscaped sent me the performance package and i could say that it's a game changer especially when it comes to their nose and eyebrow hair trimmer called the weed whacker i'm a unibrow guy so i need to keep that in check for all the youtube videos and streams that we do you've probably also heard of the lawnmower as well and they've come out with a 4.0 version which is waterproof it has an led light and advanced skin safe technology so you don't have to worry about any nicks or cuts again get 20% off and free shipping with the code 20insider that's 20insider at manscaped.com 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com the code 20insider unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped that's a good question i think well cook to me is of the least importance i'm sorry yeah. i know he's a great player i know he is a great player but he's also reaching the age where running backs become not great players when they once were other than Adrian Peterson, but everybody else almost goes off the side of a cliff. And he was 19th ranked by PFF this year. It wasn't the same kind of year, multiple injuries games missed running back is just not a place that my analytically savvy um, new GM should be spending his money. I think to me, Thielen is at the top of the list to make sure you keep, because if you are changing the quarterback situation, you want to give the guy as many wide receivers as you could possibly have. I mean, look at these groups of receivers that are in the final four. There's just playmakers absolutely everywhere. You can't be subtracting those guys. And I think that Thielen is a guy who really transitions well late in his career, route running, great hands, smarts. 
toughness, if you want to throw that in there, like th- those things uh, like Larry Fitzgerald light kind of deal will mm-hmm. translate late into a career. And then you get other guys, KJ Osborne's nice. Um, but you know, there, I just read the free agent list. There's lots of other players that you can add to that mix. So reworking Thielen's contract would be the top. The Hunter thing is extremely tough. Cause I mean, I, I think yeah. he's as good as everybody else thinks he is, but we just laid out the case. If you give, if that's $20 million on the cap, that's very hard. I would put him unfortunately, probably around where with Delvin cook. Like, I just don't think it's a smart decision to give him a huge contract extension and they have to like, that's the way his contract is set out. It's either huge contract extension cut or maybe trade and take a bunch of money. Um, Harrison Smith is another one that I think could probably go as great as he has been in his career. That's not one that's trending in the right direction over the last two years. He has not Mm -hmm. been that all pro game changer and Kendricks would be at the top of my list of player to keep. I don't think that that is a guy who fades. And I think having that linebacker like Fred Warner with San Francisco is very valuable. Bobby Wagner, if you have one of those five guys in the league who are great at coverage, you should probably keep them. So I didn't make the list exactly in order, but I know feel me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you had Kendricks at the top followed by Thielen. Yeah. And then you kind of, you didn't love Hunter, didn't love cook and you had Smith in the middle. Yeah, probably, probably it would go. Um, so keep Kendricks, keep Thielen. Smith is in the middle for me because he's still playing well, but might not be worth the contract. And then it's Hunter and Cook. And I know a lot of people would disagree on Hunter and say, pay the man. It's just scary when you're talking about injuries like that and money like that. This is not, this is not the thing about running backs is even if you make the mistake of paying them, you can usually not get killed by it because they don't make a lot of money. Like Delvin Cook's going to make 12. If you make a mistake on Daniil Hunter, you're talking 20 something that is like Frank Clark in, in Kansas City that's just sitting there eating up all of your cap space. That one has has a downside that is pretty severe. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I and it's interesting because I would have gone Hunter in the top two. I just mm. I think he's kind of like Byron Buxton, like he's just so important when he's healthy. And that can be, you know, a centerpiece of your defensive line, someone that can radically change your defense. So I thought that I I would assume that you can lower that cap hit at least this year and probably not going to get a great discount, even though he has been hurt. But you hope that you can save a few million because of that and not have to pay him top dollar, maybe top five, but not number one. Um, I would put probably cook at the bottom, but I would have had Kendricks toward the bottom too. I just don't think linebacker is a very efficient position. I'd rather invest in coverage and pass rush. And I think that Kendricks, and I wrote about the linebackers on the website for today, actually, I think that Kendricks is in like kind of a prove it year because if he shows any kind of decline again, and he already declined last year in his tackling, his run defense, if the coverage slips, and the coverage has still been very good. If that slips again, I think you're in, you're talking about cutting Kendricks because then his dead cap is like nothing. He's in the final year of his deal. He's 30 years old, almost 31. Yeah, that might be the end of Eric Kendricks after this year. So I think with a new coaching staff, if he doesn't kind of get back to his 2020 form, I would wonder about his future. So that that's interesting. I like that we had a difference of opinion on that. Hmm. Boy, players get old fast in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think of Eric Kendricks as a guy who's sort of approaching the second half is kind of uh, bizarre. I My thought process was the run defense and tackling is more determined by your defensive line. The coverage, he is such a huge part of the coverage and how you manage teams using crossers, play action, all those things, that that is a wildly valuable valuable thing to have. But uh, you're right that the linebacker position, uh, I mean, you should be drafting guys and putting them in there on rookie contracts and seeing what happens there because there's just not that many who are actually worth the dollars. But I think you could probably afford one. But I think you make a fair case. I mean, if you're talking about projecting several years down the road, um, that that is a fair case. So anyway, well, this has been our emergency reaction podcast. The Vikings have a GM. The new re- regime will begin and we'll do another one after uh, Kwesi Adafo Mensa does his opening press conference. Hopefully that's 
in person out at TCO Performance mm-hmm. Center and not we're not zooming with the new guy. It would be nice to meet him in person, but um, we'll see how it goes, man. I mean, this is uh, the the key to this entire thing. I'll just give my final thought, and you can give yours. Is the Vikings had two candidates who were terrific. Their backgrounds really are pristine, and they're both people that you would have wanted running your organization based on what they've done, based on what we can know about them. And I've asked a few people about Adolfo Mensa, who had really good things to say about him. And the same thing with Ryan Poles. Of course they did. I mean, this is like drafting the number one or number two candidate in the draft for quarterback, where it's like Lee for Manning. You hope you get Manning. Right. And they'll tell all the stories about how we knew Manning was the right guy, but that is a bunch of BS that there were great cases for both. And you ended up with one of them. Ryan Poles picked it for you. And now we see what happens next. I don't, I don't think this is one of those things and it may become this down the road, but it's not one of those things where Vikings fans go, Oh, typical us. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you had a, you have a 50, 50 shot either way of this working out. And so you have a very good candidate and now we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that off the top of my head, I see Adolfo Mensa as certainly a collaborator, probably good for front office culture, probably knows where to delegate, where his blind spots are. Seems like he's pretty self-aware in that, in that area, not being a quote unquote football guy. Um, I guess I would worry that if that's the case, if it is like a true collaborative effort, if he is delegating a lot, then then you become, you know, very tethered to what the head coach thinks and what that staff wants to do. And if what they want to do maybe doesn't align with what your values are, well, then you're butting heads, right? Like if I think Patrick Royce, who we both we both love as a writer, he pointed this out in an article in that like Bill Guerin, like the wild GM does not really collaborate. He just makes cold hearted decisions and he's got a vision and it's turned them into a winner. And that's obviously very you're kind of selecting the success story there. But I think you you don't want him to get bulldozed by, you know, the people that he hires. And hopefully if he hires them, there's probably mutual respect there and that they'll be able to work together in that. He's also presenting probably some fairly radical analytic ideas that might challenge sort of the the football worldview of these people. And you hope that he can get through to them in that way and that they accept it and are willing to incorporate that because that is the edge. Like if you're going to run an analytically forward organization, that can be your edge if you adopt it. And I hope that that is able to seep through with this new coaching staff. Right. There's two games that get played in the NFL. There's the Wall Street game that gets played in the offseason, building rosters, and there's the game that gets played on the field. And uh, that's how you grade who won the Wall Street game. And um, But I think that if you've got an edge in the Wall Street game, which is where Adolfo Mensa comes from, then it doesn't guarantee you win a bunch of Super Bowls because usually the quarterback determines if you get there or not. But uh, you've got an edge, like you said, and that's what you're hiring for is to get the 05 or 1% edge on the next team to give yourself a better chance. And we'll see how it happens. And we'll have a lot of moves to evaluate quickly. So Sam, thanks for your time on the Mm -hmm. emergency pod. Thank you uh, all for jumping in here and listening and um, we'll see what happens next, but we know it'll be interesting. So we'll catch y'all later.